0: Hi, friends. Between this podcast and the last one we recorded, a lot of life has happened. Our dear friend and colleague, Megan Davidson, was tragically killed in a car accident. You may remember Megan from her appearances on On Grace, specifically season one, episode 18 and 37, and season two, episode five. We miss our friend deeply, and we miss the light that she brought to not just our workplace, but our lives. We hope in some small way that this podcast continues her legacy of loving people, living life to the fullest, and most importantly, doing hard things. Megan, we miss you, and we love you. Friends, after an extended break, I am here with the refreshed Wendell Van Valen, And Wayne Hunter back on the saddle, back in the saddle, right? Not on. You're not on the saddle. You're in the saddle, right?
1: Your little butt should fit right in the saddle.
0: Right in the saddle.
1: In the saddle.
0: And And What if it's not little but it's big? Should it still fit? Well, then you
1: get a bigger saddle. Okay. (laughs) And it fits in the saddle. If
0: you're a big dude, though, like if you're a big dude like me, you know, 5'9", 170, do you have to get like a a special saddle or like a special horse? Like is a horse like – I mean – is a horse like when a big person gets on? Is the horse like go? Yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, not. I mean, you a full-grown horse can carry a pretty big man. No problem. Uh, do,
2: let me ask this: Does the saddle fit the butt or the horse?
1: That's yes. A good question. Yes. <laughs> it. <laughs> they. A saddle is made out of leather. The only non-negotiable is what they call the tree, which is a solid piece inside of it. Uh-huh. It won't bend really. Right. It's not really flexible, so you kind of have to get a saddle that fits both. Okay. Um, and so when you go in to buy your saddle, you sit on it, and make sure it fits you, and then you hope you can kind of tell by looking whether it fit your your horse or not. Horse. Yeah. Yeah. So but,
0: you gotta literally try on the saddle
1: yeah because i mean you're going to spend a long time in that thing yeah so you want to make sure that it fits you and um some people like a slick saddle some people like suede some people like like a bowl type and some people yeah. like it flatter yeah. um
2: is it like riding a bicycle you you buy those shorts that have the gel in them they have riding breeches that have gel in no. them. no what no
1: no you know, what bicycle.
0: You, yeah, you, I know what a bicycle <laughs> is, yeah. But what are you talking about? Gel in the pants. Yeah. Bicycle shorts, yeah. So it doesn't you chafe
1: your gel. little bottom. Just right. No, if it, you... I just didn't know those, you, exi- I just <laughs> know those existed. If you haven't got the grit and the backbone to put up with some some saddle soreness, then you shouldn't be riding a horse. Oh. Wow. <laughs> just straight up. Straight up. He's you pay,
2: John, John Wayne in it now, <laughs> ain't he? No, yeah. you pay your dues for
1: a day or two if you haven't ridden for yeah. a while. But then after a while it just it just fits. It so you
0: so manhood is measured by the amount of chafing you can endure. <laughs> it's not
1: just it's horsemanship. It's not just horsemanship. Horse personship.
0: Horse personship. Yeah. So is it your butt or your legs
1: that are sore? Or both? Uh it wishbones you, it spreads you out. Right. And and that's why cowboys are bow legged right. because your legs go out but then they have to come back in to fit in the stirrups. Uh-huh. So it 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 Gotta calls you to yeah, right. shape your legs in a not a normal way. Right. And 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 then it also turns your toes in. So it it's like three different joints that yeah. it tells them to shape in a way that they're not. Right. But after a while you get used to it and it just becomes yeah. Just you just right. The right. joy of riding a horse all it's worth all that <clears throat> stuff. Is that right? Oh, there's nothing like it. You become one with that animal, and you get used to seeing those ears going up and down in front of you. <laughs> and you're going places, and you're not putting forth any effort. <laughs> well, that's pretty sweet.
0: <laughs> I'm. Oh, I've done it a couple times, and I'm. I'm typically scared. I'm typically intimidated by like the amount of strength.
1: Oh, they have tremendous power. Yeah,
0: and the and the um how the amount of strength is like an opposite correlation to the uh, amount of control that I feel <laughs> like I have. Well. It, <laughs>
1: My favorite thing was to always get a cult from, like, day one and make friends with that cult. Right. And then at some point you have a discussion where there's a crossing of the wheels when they're still young, mm-hmm. and you, for lack of a better word, you kind of dominate them. Right. You don't have to abuse them. You just have to overpower them and dominate them. And from that point on, you're bigger than them. Mm-hmm. I don't care how big they get. Yeah. You're bigger than them. Right. Is in, that like their, a, in their brain. Is
0: that yeah. like a stern talking to
1: that's what I did with my favorite horse, and he he yeah. never, ever balked at me again, ever. Hmm. He did everything I told him. Yeah. He was so compliant that when I'd put a guest rider on him, I'd say, do not point him off that cliff because he will walk off that- of it. If you ask him to do it, he will do what you yeah. ask him to do. See, yeah. this is why I'm scared, right? right. Because right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you I
2: want the horse to be smarter than I am. <laughs> well, you- okay, then you probably shouldn't ride that horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, we're, uh, it's good to be back. And uh, over the break, we've done some thinking and and pondering and wondering. And years ago, which really was the the seed thought for all of what we've done so far on Grace for our podcast. But years ago, Wayne made a discovery, and it uh, culminated in a statement that's been um, batted around all around here now. But God is at work in everybody all the time. Period. Non negotiable. God is at work in everybody all the time when I meet that person I'm not taking God to that person as some kind of professional godly minister person I'm, I'm simply going to that person and looking for what God is doing and then when I see it if I can I participate in it and my trick was a little bit different and <laughs> mine is rather embarrassing I thought that I was going to be some famous writer someday, so I wrote books madly and kept waiting for the phone calls, and they didn't Mm -hmm. come, and so I thought, well, in the meantime, what do I do while I'm waiting on this next big thing to happen to me, and it was like, well, how about I love the person in front of me, and it was like my consolation prize. Well, as I started to do that, it became more of who I was, and it slowly but surely became became the grand prize not consolation it was like oh wow i don't want to do anything different than this simply love the person in front of me but what we found and what we're talking about today is that what wayne discovered doesn't work without what i discovered and what i discovered doesn't work without what wayne discovered so it you know yeah
0: just for the record, I made the microphones work, so <laughs> I also have a... It took him 45 <laughs> minutes, but he did <laughs> yeah. that it. Ac- that's accurate. Did you have to tell that's on <laughs> uh,
2: You know, I can see the uh, head starting to swell a little bit. I <laughs> put a pin in that before it got too far. <laughs> uh, so, um, Yeah, I think I, I was just thinking, as you were saying that, uh, there's um, the sense in which when we love the person in front of us, we don't just participate in what God is doing, but we celebrate what God is doing in them as well. And I think that's the part that makes it where we don't want to do anything else. That uh, that we get to be part we get to be part of what God is doing. Yeah. We don't have to, and it's not a drudgery. But you oh. know, it's this this sense of expectancy and discovery that we've talked about a lot. This, this discovering uh, how God is at work in their life in this unique way. That uh, opens up the possibility of how he might be working in my life as well that I haven't even thought about
1: yet. Well, it's it's like reading a really really good book, you can't put it down, or like watching a really intriguing movie. It just pulls you in. It's it's not a job. Mm-hmm. It's right. it's like whoa, I get to do this. I get to, but but the deal is is that how do I know what's going on in your life? Okay, I'm assuming that God's at work in your life. But, how do I truly see what God is doing unless I have this deep love for you? because if I don't have that deep love, I'm probably looking through a degree at least a certain the lens that I'm looking through to a certain degree is a critical lens or a not or an analytical lens yeah or or maybe a comparative. Lens, yeah, uh, yeah. and so of, yeah. and so, I'm not really capable of seeing what God's doing in you, because it's all being filtered through my personal expectations, right. my likes and dislikes, yeah. my preferences, right. my feelings about etiquette and protocol, all this stuff. Right. But if I, but I'm like, no, I'm all into you. Yeah. Period. Right. The uniqueness that is you, that God the god-given uniqueness that is i'm all into that i'm enamored with it mm-hmm. i'm enthralled with it and and it doesn't have to meet any criteria whatsoever right
2: and maybe that's the part that ties those together is this idea that love and this expectation that god is at work in people take our agenda out of it
1: yes yes so that yeah. there's
2: this openness and this expectancy of what God uh, is doing that I don't have to control and I can't even predict a lot of times. And that's what love does. If I love someone, I accept them as they are. I don't put uh, conditions on that or, or uh, that they have to respond in certain ways. And uh, we've talked about this before, that this kind of unconditional love uh, removes either my need to produce something in this relationship or my need to receive something from this, or any kind of agenda that I might put on it, but rather just this opportunity to be present and to to be part of whatever it is that is happening there.
1: Yeah. It, what's so cool is that's the way God loves us, right? And we can't imagine that. Yeah. That we look at Him as a doctor who comes into the room with a paper full of all our blood work and he says you know all your numbers are good except for these we need to get these fixed or whatever yeah and and we think oh shoot i let him down again right i'm not where i'm not where he wants me to be or a teacher that says well you know you did great but you missed these questions yeah. Or whatever yeah and and the fact that he's just a father who's with his kids and saying yeah. It, I just love hanging out with you. Right. You know?
2: Yeah, I think it's hard for us to imagine that that kind of health where someone loves us without manipulating us or loves us without wanting to fix us. And, and you know, it's kind of counterintuitive because we kind of think of, well, God wants to fix us. Of course he wants to fix us. He wants to make us better people. He wants to, you know, get rid of our issues. But perhaps... Uh, God does not have that agenda near as much as we think He does. Instead, He wants us to believe that we are loved, and uh, and out of that, we begin to explore and discover who we who we are and who we could be. Um, and we talked about this the other day a little bit, you and I, uh, that the people who love us are not the people who mold us and shape us and form us necessarily. As much as it's the people who create a safe place for us to discover who we are yeah yeah people who uh, allow us room to do trial and error and experimentation and adventure or whatever it is to find who to discover the possibilities that lie within us the life we were created for
1: is it is it overstating it to say that the possibilities are almost limitless once we realize we're loved. Yeah. I think that's true. That that, that that they're just that our mind goes crazy. Yeah. If 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 we take off the restraints of being criticized and judged and graded and just say you mean I can just live and and see what's around the next bend or see what how far I could stretch right. or how high I could jump or Yeah how nicely I could sing this or whatever, whatever right. it might be, that when you remove all those restraints and you just can be who you are, it's like singing in the shower. You know, you hit notes you never dreamed you could hit because <laughs> nobody's listening. Nobody's, Yeah. You, yeah. You, you, there, there's complete and absolute, for, right. JB wants to say something about this. I know he <laughs> does. <laughs> so, <laughs> nope. But I, uh, you, you don't <laughs> sing in the shower. I sing everywhere I go, man. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: uh, my question is, um, so I, I think, uh, maybe, if, maybe, maybe I'm saying this as a father, but obviously, like I love my kids. You guys love your kids. Um, is it, is it possible, or maybe the better question is how how have you loved them without? agenda or how do you discover that you actually do have conditions in in, in relationship maybe without even knowing it right i mean like i think s- i think sometimes conditions come with good intentions right, right. Like i want for sure i want my kids to thrive and you know here are, here are things that here are steps that admittedly maybe i think you should take so you mm-hmm. thrive right but how do you recognize those things in relationship move past those things Uh, in in relationship because I definitely see like how those conditions can constrict room to adventure or uh, do the opposite of create safe space yeah
2: I think I think it's the two things we're talking about one is you know I had three three boys I'm not sure how good of a father I was but uh, after that experience and talking with others I think if kids know they are loved then you've been successful if they know that they have somebody who is for them and with them no matter what, then that's a good
1: parent. Well, and and they feel no, they're not motivated at all to up the love. Yeah. You know, if I do this, I'll get right. more. The, the way you love them makes them realize at this moment right now in my life, there's really not a lot I can do to affect the the love right. because yeah. it's so abundant and so full yeah. and so unconditional, right. that I have nothing to prove, nothing to defend, yeah nothing you know yeah.
2: And then I think the other part of that is this confidence that God is at work in their lives, that He wants more, uh, that good life, He wants them to thrive more than we do and And I think maybe part of that is this admission that I don't even know what thriving looks like sometimes for people. Uh.
1: with with my two kids i've had wayne has three sons i have a son and a daughter with my two grown children one's 36 the other one's 30 i think he's 31 now maybe he's 30 i can't remember but is is because i love them so much i really and and because my lenses have all but been eliminated being critical and judgmental Mm -hmm. or whatever I'm not saying they're not there because I'm human, but um, I'm seeing so clearly the beauty in them and the creativity in them and the intelligence and the kindness and the heart in them. And so now my biggest thing, and and this is growing in me more all the time with everybody, but especially with my kids, when I see it, I'm going to call it out. I'm going to verbalize it. Right. And say, do you see what I see in you? Do you know this about you? Yeah. And whereas back in the old days when I was a judicial thinker and all those were negative comments. Now yeah. it's like, do you realize who you are? Yeah. This is what I see in you. Right. And you call it out. Wow. They're yeah. like, who is this dad and where yeah. did he come from? Yeah. But you're giggling your butt off because you think, well, yeah. I've received that love. Now I get to pass it on to y'all. All right
0: yeah when you give up who you want them to be it, yeah you see the beauty for who they and yeah. who they are yeah
1: yeah yeah and and the other thing I think which is a a given, but with some parents, it's not, is I think I want my kids to be like twenty times better than me, right, I want them to succeed and to you know discover and to grow yeah. and 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 they want that for their kids, they you know. Thanks for
0: being a part of this episode of On Grace. My name is Jason Brown, and I've been hanging out with Wendell Van Valen and Wayne Hunter. We serve together at Broadway United Methodist Church. For more information about us, you can go to broadwayunited.org.